Well, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to the Anchored Family Ministry Podcast. We are three dedicated staff members helping families navigate what it looks like to build disciples at home. I have Paul with us today and Daniel. And actually, this is a very special podcast because we have our first call-in guest, Dr. Amir Kaner of Truett McConnell University. He's their president. We have him with us today joining us and we're just excited to have him as a guest and to get this call in kind of going. But yeah, just uh, super excited about today and how's y'all's weeks been? I know we've needed to get to this point in our technology on the podcast to be able to have a call in. We've just been dragging our feet. Dr. Kaner was here mm-hmm. with us at church uh, two weeks ago to preach in a morning service and had a wonderful podcast with him downstairs, just me and him. And I loved it. Then afterwards realized I did not have the correct recording going on. I didn't have the SD card in there. So it wasn't recorded. And I said, oh man, we could either rush and do it right after he preaches. And I know I'm brain dead usually after I preach, maybe not him, but I said, why don't we just try to do a call in and see if we can do that. So that's what we're doing today. So uh, I'm eating crow a little bit, feeling a little embarrassed, mm-hmm. but hey, God is good and got it to this point. We're connected and live with Dr. Kaner, so we'll be jumping into that in just a moment. But my week's going great. Back to school. Kids are all back, except for my son, who's heading to Kennesaw State here in, uh, well, actually this weekend, we'll be helping him move back up. My week's been good. Getting into the routine now and kind of the work schedule of not being in summer with the two interns and things kind of have slowed down a little bit. Seems like it's more administrative now, more communicating to families and parents and students, but it's been good, so... Daniel. Been good here. Kids are back in school, so they're in the buildings. Kind of neat, exciting, brings excitement. Yeah. Dr. Mirman, how are you? Doing well. We are moving in our last uh, returning students, and we are just, we're thrilled with the growth, but more importantly, with the character of these new students as we've had block parties and move-in weekend and chapel, and it's Fun. been a phenomenal experience. So it's like a totally different place between summer and what's happening now, I guess. Always busy, different sets of people. During summer, we have wind-shaped camps for eight oh, weeks. Right. We have yeah. about 400 mm-hmm. students. And, but, you know, uh, summer is different. We ensure summer students, we give them the same scholarships as fall and spring. So mm-hmm. all of them, nearly all of them graduate in four years and do not have to waste a fifth year with all the expenses incurred. Nice. Excellent. That's awesome. I think we may be coming up there soon uh, with my daughter, who's a senior this year and is making some college visits. So this may be our second college visit, and she's pretty excited to be heading up there. Well, I'll, I'll warn you, the mountains are more contagious than any virus. <laughs> That's and, see. Uh, <laughs> it's a phenomenal place to be, I'll tell you that. The presence of Christ is right on this campus. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, we can just jump right into this. You know, we're oftentimes here thinking of that busy parent who's got a lot going on, and, you know, work and family balance is always an issue. I'm sure you could have meetings all day and into the evenings if you wanted to. So what have you done? What are some things you put in place to prioritize being able to have that family time and keep those relationships fresh with your kids and your wife? Well, a few things. One, not only am I here, but during the weekends, I've preached somewhere different every Sunday for the last 20 years. So mm-hmm. it's an everyday thing. But I've done a few things here that hopefully will help those who are listening. One, especially when my children are younger, they're all three teenagers now. 
my office was always open and they were always most important. So even if I had a donor wanting to give six or seven figures, they knocked on the door. I would look at the donor, the person in there and say, you're second, they're first, please get out and come back in 10 minutes. Was it that yeah. blunt? Usually a Turkish guy doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> That's the problem there. So they would, they would come in all forms of the day and Unless there was just a radical emergency, knock on the door, come in, and make sure they always feel number one, even for a few moments. Mm, yeah. The second thing is really a principle by which I live and I share with my students who especially are in Christian studies, missions, and other degrees here. And that is, I tell them, especially if you're traveling, you either make your children part of your ministry or they'll regret your ministry. They have always traveled with me. Every week's a different child. We do something special on Saturday. So especially I've been in Georgia for the last 15 years. You can give me any Chuck E. Cheese. I'll tell you where it is, on what corner, <laughs> it's good or bad. Or Monkey Joes or Dave and Busters or whatever fun they wanted to do. And Saturday was theirs and they understood Sunday was Jesus. And it has been remarkable to watch their spiritual growth because as you're driving in the car, 95% of the time we're goofing off. That 5% of the time is Deuteronomy 6, that you're teaching them as they're sitting and walking or laying down, and they hopefully have learned biblical principles that will last for a lifetime. I remember last time you said that you tried to kind of have scripture before them as often mm -hmm. as you could, not necessarily like in a study where we sit down at the dinner table and we're going to go through this book, but just like you just said, as you're going about that you prioritize or show them the priority of scripture. So any... Uh, Practical advice on, on how to do that as a parent? You know, what I tell parents is share your devotion with your children. So every morning I do my devotion. I've done it, you know, for a long time. And every morning I read at least two chapters of scripture and I pray for one verse to stick out and I'll send it in a group text to my children. So I know that by early in the morning, there's a Bible verse in front of them and then they choose what to do with it. Because there is really, there's nothing more paramount and essential in their lives than to understand the sufficiency of Scripture. If they get the sufficiency of Scripture, the rest will fall into place. Yeah. Because if they believe the Bible's the Word of God, they'll believe Jesus is the only way. They'll believe in social issues like life and justice. They'll understand the difference between the world and the Word. And it's the absolute key because the world tries to counterfeit, right? Social justice instead of biblical justice. Many ways instead of one way. Mm -hmm. And that way, if they get the scripture, you don't have to worry what you said to them growing up because the word of God spoke to them every day. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Jesus as the only way, we took a group up this past summer to Clarkston. For our listeners that aren't familiar, it's one of the most diverse, if not the most diverse city in the U.S., a lot of refugees from around the world will come and stay there and live there. But there is a Hindu temple we went to and we got a chance to tour it. And some of the students that were there from our group, they were a little tender hearted about it. Uh, it, it challenged them. I could see just in their faces in certain ways because there were people who were coming to worship there. And that was something completely different than the, what they were taught and what they've been around. And so, Dr. Amir, just a question for you is, you know, how would you approach, especially nowadays with technology and phones and students and children being able to access 
all different types of religion and thought, how would you approach showing that Jesus is the only way and that, that this is the, the correct religion? I know there's the whole, you know, is a religion a relationship, but there's a lot of different religions out there, Hindu being one of them that people practice. And it's like, there's kind of a fear, you know, there's a little fear that comes up, man, will they follow Jesus? And they have access to a lot of different thoughts. So any thoughts on that, Dr. King? Yeah. Uh, well, first, Love Clarkston, one of our move teams, our ministry teams of students go down there nearly weekly. You know, you have 125 different languages within a two mile radius. Yeah. Our music students, our psychology students, our mission students, all will travail and try to bless others and share Christ. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would recommend to moms and dads is when your children you believe are mature enough. Now, I did this to my son. Uh, I took him to Chiang Mai, Thailand with me. Chiang Mai is part of the crossroads of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inside that town of a million in northern Thailand are Buddhists, Muslims, and the like. And I took him to all five of the sacred spots of the largest religions of the world, Christianity being number one. But I took him to a mosque on Friday. I took him to a Hindu temple. I took him to a Sikh temple. I took him to a Buddhist temple. And I walked with him gently through the differences I allowed for him. Now, he was 9 to 11 years old when I was doing this, to ask questions of the leaders within those realms. And I also gave him sort of a personal touch. And what's fascinating to me was out of all those places, I asked him, I said, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And it was in the mosque that he was most bothered. And I said, tell me what's going on. Why are you most bothered here? And of course, it's my faith of old. So it was sort of reminiscent mm-hmm. of me as well, except I was the son that was walking into the mosque to worship a false god at that point. And uh, he said, I don't know, Dad. And his you know, 11-year-old mind, he said, all I know is there's no Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And he recognized it. Don't underestimate what your children can recognize because he's a believer. And he understands the Holy Spirit lives inside of him. And he may, may, may not be able to articulate it like we do in mm. apologetics and in Christianity and the maturation of the faith, but they get it. Mm. And then you point out the most important differences. Every other religion, every other major religion believes you work your way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Every single one. That means their leader, their prophet, their guru always believes that he is a path, but he is not a savior. Hmm. And there's a key because when people ask you, well, isn't there more than one way to heaven? One of the first things we do is run to one way, but we need to remind those in the audience that are there listening to us, no one else ever even claimed to be Savior in this way of the major religions. They're prophets and they're gurus. They're examples, but not it. Although they try to exemplify in some ways, especially Muhammad. Then we went to a village and we shared Christ in a way that made sense to him. For him, he loved the Evangel Cube. And one of the things we do in order to show them that there's one way to heaven, there's no better way than taking them on an evangelism encounter or a mission trip. And we went up to a small village north of Chiang Mai, 163 people there, about six believers in the whole village. We went door to door telling people we're going to show the Jesus film, and did, and they invited them. When you know it, my nine-year-old daughter and invited about a 90-year-old woman to watch the Gospel of Luke and film, right? The Jesus film. Mm-hmm. And that woman, when it came to invitation time, stood up and placed her faith in Jesus along with about 20 different others. 
And there they were. Half the village was there, and then about a quarter of them became Christian that evening. And there's nothing more beautiful than watching your nine-year-old, right. right, standing with a 90-year-old who the Lord preserved in order for that moment to be accomplished in their lives. This is really, really helpful and great question, Jay. I tell you, because as you're sharing that, we do this podcast. This is our 57th, 58th episode, I think. And so we've done it for a little while and we're pretty timid and pretty tender toward parents. So I guess, Amir, you're a little bit more of an advocate of exposing your kids, of allowing them, like you said, at the right age to work out their beliefs on their own, probably before they hit the college campus. Well, and don't forget, at least according to one survey already gone the book, by fourth grade, most of your children are doubting their faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad have to understand that, number one, they're already apologists. That is, they yeah. already defend faith with their life and with their word. And if they don't recognize it, it doesn't matter. They're still apologists. Secondly, they're the key theologian. The pastor gets one out. Mom and dad, you get the rest of the 167 hours of the week. The third is a great nugget of encouragement that's been very meaningful to me as a dad. And that is, do not confuse a proverb with a promise. Everybody wants to quote Proverbs, raise up a child in the way you should go, and he'll never depart from it. That is a proverb. That's not a guarantee. That is God speaking that if you speak into your life, everyone knows there are great parents with bad kids, bad parents with great kids, and everything in between. Our job is simply to follow the word. And, you know, I have three teenagers. I wish at this point in my life I can remove all free will from them and become some form of hyper-Calvinist, but I can't. I realize better than that. Yeah. What I can do is stay close to Jesus, stay close to them, and let them work out their salvation. There's something powerful about seeing mom and dad have an exciting faith in Christ and trust him. And that doesn't mean you have to go to a city far off and go yeah. to other places, mm-hmm. but for them, I believe, for parents to be able to see you walking out your faith at home, going through hard times when it rains, when you're not expecting it to rain, how do you act or whatever it might be, you know? Well, just small things. When they're out going out to eat and mom or dad looks up at the waiter or waitress and says, hey, we're about to pray. What can I pray for you for? Just small things. When the pastor has a special visitation time, this is what happened in my life where I got saved. My pastor who had two days of Bible education was an ex-moonshiner who got saved, right? This is not an acquisition. Did the most important thing in my life. I got saved. He turned to me and he said, "We do visitation on Tuesday nights." I said, "Okay, I'll go." I assumed that meant the entire church goes. I didn't know that meant there were two of us because nobody else stopped <laughs> up. But it meant the world to me because I watched him go into the darkest neighborhoods. We were immigrants on the wrong side of town. The neighborhood we went into didn't have running water in Columbus, Ohio. Right? It was a rough neighborhood of drugs. And no fear, this man knocked on doors to share Jesus means the world to me that a man would share his experience with all the vulnerabilities that go with it to make sure he just, the only thing I remember of those conversations is Jesus mattered enough that he was willing to go to the least of this. That's powerful. One last question with you. I hate to rush this because this is rich. I'd be remiss to not ask you this question. When it comes to helping kids navigate what they're going to do with their life, you know, whether that's a job or just a passion direction. You shared some really encouraging stuff last time. So can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah. When I speak to parents was on a daily basis, just did it yesterday again. 
I tell them a few things. Number one, for the student, do not assume that where you're talented, you're called. Assume that where you're called, God will talent you. Mm. I never planned to be a preacher. I was the most radical introvert and recluse you knew. I didn't look anybody in the eye and God said preach, and it made no sense until you read things of scripture like he chose the foolish to confound the wise. Those are key issues moms and dads need to invest into the spirit of a young man or woman, not merely into the mind and teach them that value. Now, when it comes to uh, college and to education, to where they're going to go, uh, I would tell them two things. One, if they end up at a secular school, secular university, they are going to be bombarded like nobody's business, and not even a parachurch can fulfill what they need. Only a local body of believers can. Mm-hmm. I can nearly guarantee there are two types of Christians at public universities. Those who go to a local church when they're there, and those who will struggle in their faith or worse. Mm-hmm. But with that said, the Christian university gives a broader education, not just true, any conservative Bible-believing school gives a broader education than any secular school because secularism has turned into socialistic education where some views are allowed mm-hmm. and some views are not. They no longer get an education. They get whatever they determine to be politically correct, whereas at a Christian school like us, of course we teach evolution. But we affirm creation and we teach alongside of those two why biblically, scientifically, and philosophically, you don't have to be ashamed to believe in creation and you can stand for it and intelligently defend it. And that's true in every class. We plaster the sufficiency of scripture in all 10 of our schools. And a lot of moms and dads just forget the Christian education is actually a broader education, not just a more biblical one. That's awesome. Mm, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Is there any uh, specific way we can be praying for your campus this year or you and your family? What we pray for at the beginning of the semester is that anyone who walks on our campus and the first chapel will be next Tuesday, the regular scheduled chapel, uh, that whoever doesn't know Christ will come to know him. We invest a lot, especially within these three weeks. We end up with a spiritual emphasis week in three weeks, invest in these students. So, I'm telling you, I think the greatest prayer is how can we encourage and invest in this generation uh, just like it was invested in us? Because the Lord's going to do his work and we don't want to miss it. That's awesome. We will be praying and we thank you so much for being here with us. We look forward to catching up with you again, maybe before too long. And uh, see how things are going. We'll let you go and then we'll wrap up this podcast. Have a great start to the semester and uh, a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Well, wow, that was powerful. It was just a short phone call. I mean, 20 minutes and all, but I really enjoyed the stories, those nuggets of wisdom that Dr. Amir Kaner just gave us. So, well, it's so true. You know, the answers he gave, biblically based yeah. and sharp into the context of what we were talking about. And like he was saying, our job is to trust the word, to follow the word. We can get bogged down in the details, but you know that's where we land on. That's our foundation. That's our backbone is the word of God. Yeah, and that I just really jumped out to me. And like he said, you know, parents, you are the theologian. You are the pastor in your home. You're the shepherd. You're the mm-hmm. missionary. You're the evangelist. That's who they're watching the most. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can think back in my own life of times I've been a, you know, a coward. My kids saw that. 
and I was able to maybe go back to them and explain or apologize. You know, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but in their mind, man, it's like heroic stuff happening. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Look what mom and dad are doing. You know, whether it's just, you know, paying for someone's meal at a restaurant or praying over something. It gets to that point where like now when we pull out to go on a road trip, if I forget to pray before we go down the driveway, my kids remind me, dad, pray over the car, pray over the cars we're going to be going next to. And I'm like, of course. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. And they're going to carry that on with their own kids, I would assume. But it's just that everyday kind of faith that is real. Right. And man, if you get a chance to take them in at the right age and the right time and you're prepped to go to a city somewhere like that and take them to other religions and say, what do you think? Man, that will affirm the power of Jesus even more. Yeah. Of course, Jake mentioned it. Clarkston, Georgia, the most diverse quarter mile in the country yeah. is in our own backyard in Atlanta. So. That's an opportunity to, locally if you don't have the means or the opportunity to go to Chiang Mai. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you've probably gone through there. If you've gone to Stone Mountain recently, you've probably driven through Clarkston. Yeah. It's right there. And I do know some adults and families here. I'm thinking Mike Laster, he goes on mission trips with his family yeah. and takes them to mm. you know, different countries and whatnot. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, hey, guys, we'll wrap this up. Thanks for being here with us. We look forward to being back with you again real soon. And uh, hey, listen, if you have any questions, comments, you want to reach out to us, you can always call or text uh, 678-653-2360 or email at anchored at harpscrossing.com. We'd love to get your feedback, any ideas uh, you want us to explore or thoughts would be more than welcome. And hey, listen, until next time, stay anchored in Christ. Steep Podcast Productions.